Welcome to the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. I'm Aaron Brightman with my rapid reaction to Rutgers' 70-63 victory over Seton Hall on Saturday night in Newark. Coming to you uh, about 20 minutes after the game. And it was a tremendous performance from Rutgers. What we have been hoping for, what we've been waiting for. And uh, so many great performances from this team tonight. And really what was such a crucial game for this team uh, I wrote before the game in the tw- uh, in uh, on Twitter, and I, I said it in my game preview. You know, there, this rivalry game was a, even more so uh, compelling in the sense that whichever team lost was in a really bad spot. You know, both teams were five and three coming in. Now Seton Hall is five and four. They don't have a quality win. This is a quad three home loss for them. This is a quad two road victory for Rutgers. Uh, their first uh, quality win of the season. And they did so in a very encouraging and impressive way. Uh, the margin for victory, you know, they were they were up 13 points with less than two minutes to play. Seton Hall did a good job of, you know, trying to get back in it. Um, but ultimately, Rutgers won by seven, but they, they, they led wire to wire. They were the tougher team. They played with greater intensity. Their defense was superb. They were very aggressive offensively in terms of shooting threes. And they had a banner night. This is the kind of night that gets them off the mat and gives real hope that this team is still evolving and becoming something greater than they've been. Uh, Let's start with Cliff. You know, rightly criticized specifically for the last two games. Uh, Just wasn't wasn't the Cliff that we we know uh, he's capable of being. And tonight he was. He won the MVP award, the Joe Calabrese uh, MVP award for the Garden State Harwood Classic. 11 points, 13 rebounds, 7 blocks. He was 5 of 5 from the line. He was focused. You know, I talked about in the preview him needing to show emotion in this game, that that would be a signal to his teammates, you know, how important this game was. And he did. And it was beautiful. Uh, he had a, a, a swagger about him. He was, you know, waving his finger at Seton Hall. He had that dunk in the first half where it was Shaq-esque, where he hung a few extra seconds. Could have potentially been called for a tee there. Uh, he was uh, a man possessed. He really was. And he, in addition to the seven blocks, he altered a ton of shots. Uh, Seton Hall had a terrible shooting night, just 36% from the floor. Uh, and uh, they were 19 of 41 from two. Uh they were three of 20 from three, but he, he was such a force inside controlled the glass. And uh, it was just great to see him play to his capability uh, in part, having his partner back in the front court. Moat mag made a ton of difference. Uh, just his toughness, his edge, but you know, he's just such a smart player and he moves in a way. I mean, he, he does things defensively. Not only can he defend multiple positions, you know, and, and Rutgers, you know, did have him. It was interesting because they would put J. Mike on Kadari Richmond in, in the full court press, and then Mag would switch on him in half court at times. Uh, but Mag's vision, both offensively and defensively, you know, he gives he, – he, I thought he helped the spacing in the half court of offense, which led to some better looks and threes. I thought Rutgers also moved the ball extremely well in the half court. But Mag, you know, there was a play in the second half where all of a sudden, like Cliff was defending the rim, had his arms up, and Mag was there with help side defense, and he just completely sealed off any opening at the rim as well. 
uh, right next to the cliff. And it was like, you didn't even know where he came from. He just, he, he just knows where to be on the floor on both ends. And he's a high IQ player. He plays with energy. He gave them an edge tonight that they desperately needed. And I also thought like that, that layup he made in traffic in the first half, that had to be a great mental hurdle for him in terms of coming back from the ACL playing that first game, you know, it was two or three defenders and he literally had to, you know, kind of hurdle through stepping through traffic in, uh, as he drove to the lane and he finished and he had body control and he hit the tur- uh, hit the, the, the ground and he came through and getting through that must have been like a, a total uh, just kind of like a, a breath of fresh air, you know, hurdle or a, a weight off his shoulders in terms of that he's healthy and he's back and he made a huge impact. He played eight, uh, eight rebounds, uh, had four points. Um, but again, all the little things he was able to do for Rutgers tonight uh, and, and just the mental edge he gave them uh, was, was huge, was absolutely huge. Uh, Jamichael Davis got the start. I was pleading for that in my preview, uh, and he got it, played 33 minutes. He was uh, just played with tremendous poise. I mean, his first start as a freshman uh, on the road in a rivalry game, and he gave him 33 minutes. He gave him 11 points, two or three from three. Uh, he had he led Rutgers with six assists. He had two turnovers. He had 10 assists and zero turnovers in his last three games. He had six assists tonight, just two turnovers. Uh, he had a block, a steal, two rebounds. Um, but, you know, he was disruptive defensively, uh, both in the press and in the half court. He, his ball pressure just, I thought, was was relentless. He just, he never tires. You know, he's just all over the floor. And he he plays with a toughness and an edge, too. And he had no fear tonight. And he really gave Rutgers uh, much needed, um, you know, his ability to get downhill. He was aggressive. You know, he was not passive whatsoever. And Rutgers definitely needed that mindset tonight. And it was it was a great thing uh, to see. Gavin Griffiths was very aggressive in the first half, playing with confidence, hit three threes in the first half, had a nice uh, layup at the end as well, finished with 11 points off the bench. I mean, that's what they needed. But he gave them a real boost in that first half. Uh, he showed confidence and really got Rutgers off, off uh, on a great start from three. 12 of 24. From three-point range, uh, Noah Fernandes was three of five. Griffiths and Andre Hyatt were three of six. Davis was two of three, and Palmquist is one of one. So five guys hit a three. Four had two. Three had three. Uh, they just shared the basketball really well. What was happening was they were shooting threes in the flow of the offense. And when that was happening, they were going down. They were going down, and it was, it, you know, they had to score points to win this game, obviously. And... They were able – it's funny because they shot so much better from two, uh, you know, or excuse me, from three. They were 12 of 24 from, from three-point range, just 11 of 32 from two. That is kind of miserable. And that's the thing. Like, Rutgers kind of dominated the game and didn't even play – like, they, they, there's certainly room for them to grow. Uh, they were just uh, five of 19 on layups. Uh, that's not good at all. They still had a point per possession, 1.15 which is really good um, because obviously the three is where we're going down, but um, they have to, you know, do better in terms of making uh, layups, uh, converting in inside the arc, but uh, a lot more to like about the way the offense played tonight. They were not so cliff dependent in terms of getting him on the post. They were, uh, you know, plenty of ball reversals uh, and, and also just um, 
you know, driving to the driving to the paint off of ball reversals, not just first pass, boom, go, uh, ISO. You know, there really wasn't much of that tonight at all. And Seton Hall is pretty good at forcing teams into that. So I thought they had a heightened awareness of, of what not to do. And they shared the basketball much better tonight, uh, which was really encouraging. And I thought that also uh, just in terms of uh, this team, what stood out to me was Steve Peichel. Uh, he gets a lot of credit for this game. Uh, and how we coached it, uh, not only because uh, he did start Davis and played with him as long as he did. Davis had a team high, plus minus 17, by the way. Uh, nobody else was close. Um, I thought the way he utilized Mag in terms of managing his minutes tonight, I thought he got the most out of him, 24 minutes in his first game. He has practiced, you know, throughout from the start of the preseason on, but, you know, game action is obviously different. Momentum, or, or excuse me, adrenaline, uh, your legs, and I thought Mag was effective, every, you know, the whole time he was out there. He never really looked too winded, uh, and he didn't fade on him at all because I thought Peichel really kind of kept him uh, in check in terms of how he managed his minutes tonight. But then also, if you point to 41-35, you know, Rutgers had two threes to start the second half. They were rolling. And then Seton Hall was methodically getting back into the game. Rutgers missed eight shots in a row. They hadn't scored in five minutes uh, or close to it at that point. Pico called the timeout, leading 41-35 with about 14 minutes to go. And although Rutgers didn't score right off of the timeout, uh, they got six consecutive uh, defensive stops. It ultimately led to a 9-0 run. Rutgers was, boom, out in front by 15. And although they didn't run away with it, and Seton Hall, you know, uh, obviously got back into it late, uh, although, you know, Rutgers did have – it was kind of, you know, one-hand – uh, in terms of the distance of the lead. But Seton Hall certainly made it interesting that final minute and a half, but they never truly got back into the game before that. And I think that that was a moment in the game where they had a real chance to. And Peichel was just ahead of the game in terms of calling that timeout. I thought Holloway called a good timeout after Rutgers hit those two threes. They got back into it, and then Peichel countered with his own. And, uh, you know, Rutgers... Rutgers won this game on the defensive end. And, and when their offense got going, it was off of their defense. And uh, it was a great team defensive effort. You know, they didn't force a ton of steals tonight. Uh, Seton Hall just had 10 turnovers. But they did a really good job of forcing tough shots, forcing uh, Seton Hall. You know, they got into the shot clock late in terms of their possessions because of the press. Uh, they really just made it very difficult for Seton Hall to operate offensively. Everything they scored, they earned. Uh, they, you know, and they had a really poor shooting night. And they even struggled from the line for a team that shot, you know, 80% coming in. Uh, they were just um, not very good from the line at all in terms of what they've been this season. They were just 16 of 27, uh, 59%. Rutgers, on the other hand, 12 of 16. By the way, uh, I didn't talk about Noah Fernandes yet, but he led them with 19 points. He had four clutch free throws in the final, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds of the game. Uh, he's money from the line. He hit three threes uh, in the game. He was uh, three of five from the field in the second half at 12 points in the second half. Uh, and he just has a propensity for big shots, big moments. He shows the experience. And he, you know, listen, he's 5'11", but he was a big player on that court tonight. And I think he just... You know, coupled with Davis, they, they just have a good vibe together. You know, they have good instincts together. Uh, they mesh well together. I think that they gave each other confidence, and uh, it really worked. It really worked well. 
And Noah hit some big shots tonight. And those free throws down the stretch prevented any kind of disaster situation from even becoming possible, uh, which was huge. And I think that in addition, just uh, even though they didn't win the rebounding margin, they rebounded much better tonight. They were plus five at one point. Seton Hall, you know, last few minutes kind of edged them out. It was 42-39 Seton Hall. But overall, as a team, you know, Rutgers rebounded much better. Cliff had 13. Mag had eight. Uh, Wolf had five. Hyatt had four. Uh, and then a bunch of guys had two. So it was all hands on deck. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys had multiple rebounds. That's more like it. That's, um, you know, a team effort on the glass. And, you know, Seton Hall's not a great rebounding team, but they kept them uh, pretty much at bay. I mean, they, they were effective offensive. They had 18 offensive rebounds, and they did hold a 19-6 to edge in second-chance points. So that's really what kept Seton Hall even remotely in the game. Uh, and again, I said Rutgers didn't play a perfect game, but uh, in terms of fast break points, they had a 14-7 edge. They were able to, to exploit that of Seton Hall at times. Uh, the bench, 16 to 11, uh, you know, they got beat points in the paint, uh, but they had 10 blocks as a defense and they had 14 assists on 23 makes, which is pretty good. Uh, overall, I just thought Rutgers was the tougher team. They, they um, you know, they, they looked like they wanted it more. They played with more urgency. They were the hungrier team tonight. They took it to Seton Hall from the, from the start. It was a wire-to-wire lead the whole game. Uh, and, uh, it was just really, really impressive the way this team responded. And I think that they give some hope now. That And Austin Williams, by the way, did not play. Uh, don't know the status there, but he was out. Uh, so he's a key defender for them and a key rotational guy that was not available. Uh, but the, the, the insertion of Mag is obviously huge. It's a game-changer. It makes this team – it just makes them better you know, in so many ways uh, and makes him so much tougher. And I think that for Cliff mentally, you know, it just kind of takes some weight off his shoulders uh, and that Mag's able to just do some things that just make things easier for Cliff. And teams aren't all uh, able to just focus on him as much. And, uh, you know, Mag's ability to move around and be so mobile, uh, I think really helps uh, people, uh, opponents uh, focus less or just, you know, cheat more on Cliff per se in terms of the defensive end uh, and how they're defending Rutgers. And, um, you know, this team was focused tonight. They, they, they played with a sense of urgency that they knew they had to have this game and they got it. And now you're at a point where you're six and three overall, you're six and two in non-conference play. You have LIU next Saturday, you have Stonehill on the 30th and you have, you're at back to the rock in two weeks against Mississippi state. And that is a huge game. And it's a winnable game. It would be a, a, a quality uh, game. Uh, I think it's quad one because it's neutral, one through 75. And if Rutgers can win that game, you know, and, and they take care of business against Stonehill and LIU, as they should, that's a 9-2 non-conference record. If they can go 9-2 in the non-conference, and right now, you know, assuming they don't blow it against LIU and Stonehill, that's 8-3. and three. That's not catastrophic. 8-3 and three in the non-conference, you hope for better. That 9-2 is sitting there. You beat Mississippi State on the neutral court. You take care of those two other games. You head into the new year. You're, you're 9 and th- uh, excuse me, you're 9-3 um, and 9-2 and and in non-conference. So you're right where you need to be. Uh, it's um, This was just huge on so many levels tonight. 
And you never want to overreact to one game. But I think that the way in which they played tonight, the differences in how they played, uh, and the kind of long-term implications, I think, of how they played in terms of the development now of Jamichael Davis, in terms of the return of Moat Mag, in terms of how Cliff responded to those changes. Uh, I think Noah Fernandes is getting more confidence. Gavin Griffiths is getting more confidence. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, this was a, a get healthy game that Rutgers got healthy pretty quick. Obviously, it's a little bit tricky now. You have three games in three weeks coming up. You have to stay focused. But now they go back to the lab. they got a ton of practice time. And you can really start to build off of what was um, what was out there on the court tonight. And I think, again, they did not play a perfect game. They missed a ton of layups. Uh, they allowed a ton of points in the paint. You know, they weren't great in defending the offensive glass. They rebounded better. Uh, they, um, you know, shot better, much better from three in the foul line. And they were much better defensively. So all in all, a fantastic win. The first road win against Seton Hall in 10 years. It was the, the biggest margin of victory uh, on the road against Seton Hall since 1983. Credit um, Jerry Carino for that stat. And, um, you know, this is certainly a game that gives hope that this team is going to make this as fun and interesting as we had hoped it would. Uh, the Princeton-Illinois losses are not bad losses at all. They're quad one losses. Illinois is fantastic, even though they lost to Tennessee tonight. Uh, the Wake Forest, you know, that was a little baffling. It was also bad timing with Efton Reed, who I think it makes them a lot better. I think Wake is going to be a good team this year now with Efton Reed. Uh it's, I don't want to say it's explainable, but it's not like they've had any disasters. They don't have a bad loss. You know, Wake is not going to end up being a bad loss. It's a quad two loss. And who knows? Quake, Wake might go on a run here. Um, this team is still in position to where they need to be. And this was the start tonight. Uh, can they build off it? Can they, you know, that Mississippi State game in two weeks looms large in terms of raising the ceiling for this team. Uh, but it was just... From a, from a pure fan standpoint, it was just so satisfying to see this team play the way they played tonight, the way we all believe they could play. They were played with passion. They were inspired. Uh, Peichel pushed all the right buttons, and everything was working tonight. Gene Holloway was frustrated out of, you know, I mean, so frustrated. And Seton Hall could never match the intensity of Rutgers. And that was, that was what was – that was so satisfying. It really was to see them kind of take the will of Seton Hall in this game. I really thought that that happened. And it was the first one in this series since 2019. They didn't play in 20, obviously. Um, they're now, it, the, the teams have split over the last six meetings, three and three. Pike was now three and four against Seton Hall. So that was big in terms of the series as well. Um, and, you know, you don't get swept in the state of New Jersey. Obviously, Princeton, you know, is probably the best, it, well, is, I think, the best team of these three teams. Um, but Rutgers got a much needed road win. I think it was good to get away from the rack and uh, a great response after a really disappointing flat performance at Wake Forest. Uh, and, you know, fired up, super satisfying win. It's always fun to beat Seton Hall. And just with everything that was on the line tonight and with how they responded, kind of best case scenario. Uh, and then Mag coming back, uh, the emergence of Davis, you know, shooting threes. Uh, seeing Gavin emerge, it's all great stuff. Thanks for listening and watching the Scarlet Faithful podcast once again.